Hi, and welcome to episode 165 of the Dinner Sisters podcast. I can't believe it. That's a lot. (laughs) A lot of dinners. A lot of dinners. Well, we're two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Decatur, Georgia, with what sounds like a little bit of allergies, so apologies today. (laughs) I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector, always thinking about my next meal. And I'm Betsy Wallace. I live, work, and raise a family here in Atlanta, Georgia. I love dinner time, but can always use help planning and cooking for my family of five. Our goal with this podcast, we want to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. And here's how it works. Every week, we have three recipes that we cooked and reviewed from everywhere that I could find a recipe online, food blogs, internet chefs, anywhere else. We have all the recipes, tips, the smorgasbord, and a shopping list on our website at dinnersisters.com. All right, Kate, this week's recipes were Swedish pancakes from the kitchen, uh, Turkish pizza from Two Purple Figs, and No Need Garlic Cheese Bread from King Arthur Flour. Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to think of like how I came across the theme of this week. Uh, No clue. Maybe I was just having a carb craving, but... The idea of just like flatbreads sounded really good to me. And that's where I went with. And then (laughs) it kind of expanded Uh from just like a traditional flatbread to just kind of bread things that are flat. So if you're a person who's really into definitions, just kind of use that one. It's a more broad... It's Kate's like hungry interpretation of what a flatbread <laughs> might be. What might be. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's a way good, good way of putting it. I was playing fast and loose with this yeah. one. Um, but you know what? In the end, I think you'll be happy we did. All right, let's kick it off with our first one, which are Swedish pancakes from the kitchen. So I talk about all these carb cravings, and really what happened is I went so far down the rabbit hole, I couldn't decide on a third recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, what well, is this, or whatever, and um, some got a little too complicated, and you had to pull me back from the edge. And then I remembered the Swedish pancakes that you always make from the kitchen. So this is actually one of your, like, solid recipes that you make all the time. And it so, is. There yeah. we go. Third flatbread. So gold star to Betsy this week for having an awesome recipe. And I would describe these as kind of a slightly sweet, thin and eggy pancake. Um, So like more of a crepe kind of situation than maybe a a flapjack or something like that. But they're great and they come together super easily. To make them, you take melted unsalted butter um, with two cups of milk, a cup of flour, eggs, uh, and sugar, a little bit of salt in a blender, or you can whisk it together very thoroughly thoroughly and that's your batter so it's it's kind of thin on the thin side um plenty of eggs and of course that delicious butter to make them you melt one teaspoon of almond salted butter in your nonstick pan you coat the pan with your butter pour in about a third of a cup of the batter and then you kind of swirl it so you get a nice even layer on the bottom of the pan cook until it's slightly brown and then you kind of carefully slide the spatula and flip it You cook it briefly just to set the batter, and then you take it off, put it on a rack or a plate. I I used a plate. I don't know if someone... Good good for you if you're using a rack. I totally missed that direction. (laughs) Um, And then you just make more pancakes, adding a little butter so they don't stick. Um, You're just stacking the pancakes to keep them warm. And then to serve them, you roll them up and serve them traditionally, which I think is probably the best way, with jam, Mm -hmm. um, which is what I did. 
Um, <laughs> so <laughs> what do you usually use with these, Betsy? And, and tell us any tips or tricks from, because you've made these quite a bit. I do. I make these a lot because it is like my family's favorite version of pancakes. We make the kind of more traditional American mm-hmm. flapjack pancakes quite a bit too. But these are like, if we're talking about fan favorite, let's make something special and kind of easy. Mm. It's always these pancakes. And so I use my stick blender for this because nice. it's just it's just easy. You don't have to take the whole new appliance out. You know, I don't think I rebutter my pan as much as they describe in the okay. directions with a nonstick, you know, Fair. I don't know. Yeah. And then I just kind of loosely slide them onto and kind of folded onto a serving platter. And oh, they're okay. not super delicate, right? Like, no, no, they, I was surprised. I was like, ooh, these are going to be kind of, I was like, how does Betsy make these? Like when I was reading it, <laughs> it's yeah. like, you're making a super, what seems like a super delicate pancake, but they're kind of not. They taste delicate but they're not yeah you know we're kind of hearty it's definitely sturdier than you would think and even mm-hmm. Maida, my middle who usually makes the pancakes and she's nine will sometimes make these if she's making smaller ones right like not ones that fit the whole platter but she can do ones that are like you know three or four inches like a traditional pancake size and she can flip it and put it on the pattern they're not breaking and they're not got it know. yeah um which is awesome yeah, exactly. So I, I would say don't be um, worried that this is just going to break and fall over the place because that is not not the case. We like to also serve this with like fruit and mm. yogurt and jam, sometimes whipped cream. I like Ooh. the yogurt because it gives you a little extra protein or you know, mm. heartiness to your meal. And I like that tangy offset of the butter. That's my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had a little yogurt on one Mm -hmm. of these. Like, I think it was like the second day. Um, First one, I just did the jam because I was feeling super like, I don't need any yogurt. And then of course I was hungry two seconds later. So, you know, keep that in mind. Yeah, I love these, but I, you know, I think they were so good and kind of different. Like you said, they feel a little fancier if you're used to kind of traditional American pancakes, which is delicious. Um, I think if you're a person who's like, oh, maybe I'll take the butter down in the batter, I wouldn't. I think that's part of the flavor. It's so good. So definitely just go for it. And they do have freezing directions in the kitchen's recipe. I don't know how you would not eat enough to have some to freeze. But if you have willpower, apparently these freeze well. So. I have, I have, so I've never frozen them, but I have doubled the recipe and ended up with extra batter. And I've just kept that in the fridge for a day oh. or two and it was totally fine. And we just shook it up like in a mason jar again. And then we go. So that's smart. That's yeah. smart. I mean, these are five out of five, kind of like solid, delicious, amazing recipe, which is I'm sure why you use it all the time. Mm-hmm. So it was amazing. So good. Yeah. Five out of five for me too. This is like A real Wallace household staple recipe right here. Love that. Okay. Our second recipe is a new one for both of us. It's a Turkish Mm -hmm. pizza from Two Purple Figs. Yeah. So this is called Turkish pizza. I think for people who are not super familiar with Turkish food um, and need kind of a reference. So it is pizza shaped. Um, But, you know, honestly, now that we've made it, I would think it less of a pizza and more of like a, a wrap 
like in the style of like kofta, if you've ever mm-hmm. had like the spiced meatballs, or if you had maybe like gyro meat, or it's kind of like that, where instead of having like the meatballs or the gyro meat um, separately, the filling is spread and baked on top of the bread, which is kind of where you get the pizza thing going on. So what this is, is ground lamb that you've seasoned with cinnamon, allspice, sumac, red pepper, and nutmeg that's been blended with tomatoes, onions, garlic, a little tahini, and parsley. So that gets all buzzed up in your food processor. And then what you do is you spread that on pizza dough that you've rolled real thin. She actually recommends her pizza dough in this recipe, but you can use whatever pizza dough you like. Um, So you spread that real thin, kind of like individual pan pizza sized. And then you spread that meat mixture on top, kind of like it reminded me of making cinnamon rolls in some ways. Oh, yeah. Spread the filling on top of something, except Uh you're never rolling it up. So you're just kind of like, you've got to spread out, you roll the filling on top, and then you bake it at high heat, about 500 degrees. Um, She recommends that you roll it out on parchment paper, which is real smart. Um, And you do this for like, mm, bake it for about 10 to 15 minutes. So it's not crispy like a pizza. She says, but you want to be able to roll it up. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes out of the oven, you top it with sliced onions, mint, and tomatoes. Sprinkle a little more sumac on top and a squeeze of a lemon. And you can even serve it with more parsley and feta cheese, more tomatoes if you want. Um, Betsy, how did everyone like this? So I kind of had to two-step this one because I mm. used my food processor to buzz up the spices and the tomatoes and the parsley together. Yeah. Uh, and then I switched to my KitchenAid to kind of finish it, right? Mm-hmm. So then all of that, I put the ground beef in and then mixed it all together in my KitchenAid mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I had just a mini food processor that couldn't get it all together. Yeah. I thought it was very good. I mean, mm. we really liked it. We topped ours. She said you can top yours with any kind of cheese and fresh veggies and things like that. And so we topped ours with some fresh tomatoes and cucumbers and feta. Um yeah. It was was delicious. I definitely squeezed the lemon right when it came out of the oven. Yeah. Put some additional sumac on it. I one thing I wondered, so I used ground beef and I did wonder when I first pulled it out if it was like a little bit you know, it was not there was some ground beef, you know, grease, for lack of a better term, <laughs> on the top there. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't anything excessive. And I blotted a little bit off the first time. And then the second time I was like, yes, oh, it's probably fine. Uh, <laughs> and didn't worry about it. And, you know, it was delicious. I, d- we were, we were pretty happy with this. Yeah, same. I mean, it definitely, you do want to use a fattier cut of beef or lamb. Otherwise, you're not going to have flavor. You know, yeah. and so you're right. Like it does kind of the the fat kind of breaks a little bit when it's out just coming out of the oven. But then, you know, it's all kind of absorbed into the dough. And then you've got tomatoes and all this freshness that's kind of working to counteract a little bit of that rich um, beef or lamb. I actually have the recipe and it worked pretty well in my mini processor. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I did have to pull it out and do one last like um, mix through. So, I mean, the mini processor, I think, is kind of pushing the envelope. <laughs> Yeah. For processing abilities. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the KitchenAid is a great the, in putting in your mixer because you do want your ground meat to be um, smooth, if that makes sense. Right. You do. You're spreading it. Yeah. Because you're spreading it. So you do want it to be smooth. I mean, you do the same thing when you make kofta meatballs as you're kind of like blending it all up. So definitely you're doing that. The spices, a, it, such a classic 
mixture, but it's always so delicious. My Mm -hmm. house smelled amazing. Um, I used a smaller bag of pizza dough, probably one that would make about like one 12 inch crust. And it made two of um, the Turkish pizzas. Um, I used lamb, but I, you know, beef obviously was good for you. I was thinking if you're not a, if you don't eat red meat, you could probably push it with a dark turkey meat, Mm -hmm. you know, ground dark turkey. Yeah. Yeah. But I, this is not a ground chicken breast situation. I don't think so. Yeah. You know, that real kind of savory, darker. Yeah. I mean, you kind of need the fat in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, how how did were you able to do a wrap with yours? Because I cooked mine too long both times and was so irritated. Oh, <laughs> gosh darn all! So I don't know how that worked one, for you. Yeah, one time I was so one I overcooked, which was fine. I used the Sam Sifton in the Sunday suppers. He has a pizza dough, so I used mm-hmm. that one, and his makes kind of four pizzas that are about ten inches each. I would say ten. Yeah, you know, yeah, and. Correct. So one of them I overcooked and it was kind of crispy, but I we didn't mind it because it was kind of like a no. crispy flatbread, you know, thin crust pizza with this on top, which was delicious. And then the other one, I did get it so that we could, we didn't necessarily roll it, but we, mm. I pizza cut it and then people kind of folded it in half and ate it more like, you know, right. like, a, like a sandwich kind of thing. She warns you, this was entirely user error. Because both yeah. times I was like doing stuff in the kitchen, set a timer, but then was like, oh yeah, the timer went off and then did one more thing. Don't, ah. don't do that. Yep. <laughs> like that was all been thing. there. All been there. So yeah, I love the taste. I love the idea of like piling all the veggies on top. So mm-hmm. good. So good. So this is a five out of five for me. Easy and tasty. How about you? Yes. Five out of five for me too. It was a hit and it was kind of something different to do. For those kind of easy flatbread pizza nights. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Our last recipe of the day is a no need garlic cheese bread from King Arthur flour. Yeah. So, I mean, just garlic cheese bread to begin with. Nothing Uh bad about that. Um, This recipe actually reminded me with a no need part of a bit of a peasant bread from Alexander Stafford. Yes. Except a ton more cheese. (laughs) So to make it, you stir stir together flour, water, salt, yeast, and olive oil. You beat it with an electric mixer for about a minute. So that's a little different than her recipe. Then you fold in two cups of diced cheese and six chopped cloves of garlic. Um, You pour the batter into a well-greased 9 by 13 pan and let it rise at room temperature for about an hour until it's nice and puffy. Before you put it in the oven, sprinkle it with your choice of pizza seasoning or whatever herbs you like. You bake it at 375 for 30 to 40 minutes until it's nice and golden brown. And what you end up with is a soft, almost focaccia-like. I mean, it's kind of focaccia in that it's like kind of has a texture, but doesn't quite have the gluten, you know, of a kneaded Mm -hmm. dough. Um, But it's kind of like pockets of gooey cheese, smells like roasted garlic. I I have nothing bad to say about this. Um, What did you end up doing, Betsy? I mean... This is just so good. There is not, there is, when it was like a no need garlic cheese bread, I was right. like, oh, this is, of course this is going to be amazing from King Arthur flour. You know, I mean, they're, right, they're so right. good anyways. Uh, my only thing that concerned me, Kate, is when I saw that you, you put this in a nine by 13 mm. and it said it was 18 servings of, I know. of bread. And I was like, 
well, I might eat 18 servings of bread today. Like, I'm <laughs> right. I, like, I need I to like, stop oh, myself no. <laughs> before I eat nine servings of this as I sit here in the kitchen. Right. Uh, Yes. So I uh, I thought it was great. I used my mixer again. I used some kind of bits and bobs of cheese that I had left in the mm-hmm. kitchen. I had some pepper jack. I had some cheddar. Ooh. I mean, and it came together so quickly. Really does. Yeah. Really does. Yeah, I agree. I was like, I had this it, uh, by myself. Mm. I was like, this is not good. This is not good, kids. It's dangerous. Um, I cheated. I was feeling uh-huh. super lazy and beat this by hand not okay. for full 60 seconds i also then got tired uh, <laughs> and yeah. it turned out great i mean it probably has more chew and a little more um gluten development if you do beat it by it with an electric mixer but if you end up being like me and don't do that it did not suffer um it's, it's still garlicky cheese bread it's so. still garlicky cheese yeah. bread at the end of the day you're still eating that I thought it might be like overly garlicky because I was like, oh, you're just throw- throwing raw garlic into this dough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, I don't. But King Arthur, you know, you, you got to trust him. And it was delicious. It was just kind of scented throughout the bread. It, I mean, if you don't care for garlic, don't make this bread. But um, very good. You know what it reminded me of? Like cheesy garlic bread from a pizza place. Yeah, it was just, it really hit the spot. Yeah. If you make like a pasta dinner, this mm-hmm. would be like the most decadent side you could have. Like people will love you for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I definitely thought this is a, a one of those things that's impressive and delicious and everyone would like when you're having people over. That's actually not that hard to make. Right. Right. You right. That sweet spot. Mm-hmm. I ate a big square of it with a a big green salad one night and then the next night I kind of or lunch I think it was I just kind of cut up some tomatoes mm-hmm. and like had that on the side a uh, little bit in the toaster oven yeah not bad and then they do have a recipe for making breadsticks out of it which a you have to trust yourself enough to have more of those breadsticks around I just froze half this bread right away I was like this cannot yeah. Just be in my house. Um, and so I'm curious about the breadsticks. So I might do that with a frozen bread and I will report back. But this was a five out of five. Yeah, Kate. Nothing everything's like five out of five this episode. Yeah. Maybe we Apparently. should just do all flatbreads all the time. And <laughs> just then everything's a winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, <laughs> if, you're, if you're not carb carbholics like us or whatever this would be. <laughs> Maybe yeah. this isn't your kind of rest. This wasn't your kind of episode, but it sure is an episode for us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, what was your favorite out of all the flatbreads? Um, you know, sibling loyalty made me think I should go with the Swedish pancakes. They were super good, but that no need bread, man. Yeah, it was a discovery. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So like good. That. How about you? Well, I'm going to go with the Swedish pancakes because. Fair. I just want people to try them if you haven't already, because it will add joy to your life. So I second that. If any of these recipes sound good to you, make sure to check out our show notes and grocery list at dinnersisters.com. There we've got links to all the recipes, any tips or techniques we talked about. Um, Maybe we'll write a poem to the garlic bread. I don't know. Boy. Feeling inspired. I'm feeling inspired by the wild that cheese. Uh, if you want to chat more with us, you can always ask to join our Dinner Sisters Facebook group. We are at Dinner Sisters Podcast. We would love to see you over there. Okay, Kate, on the Smorgasbord this week, we are talking about more fun pancakes from the podcast. 
Yes, because wives just stop at one pancake recipe. We have a full episode about pancakes, which Betsy actually reminded me of because I was like, oh, what are all our favorite pancake recipes? And she was like, what about the pancake episode? And I thought, oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's a great place to start. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you've written too many episodes when you start to forget that you have a whole episodes on pancakes. Um, So the one that that's that I actually was talking about when Betsy reminded me was this idea of the savory Dutch baby, which was ham and cheese. If you've ever had a Dutch baby, we call them German pancakes in our house growing up. They're like a thin batter that you put in a hot cast iron pan. And it's it just puffs up like this beautiful souffle. And this one had ham and cheese, which was delicious. Again, like what can't go wrong with the cheese bread. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were two other recipes in there, Betsy, that we also, I remember really loving. Yeah. So the first was the Bison Chila uh, uh, tomato omelet. That's the other mm-hmm. by Shweta in the kitchen. And that was a, a new recipe to us, but definitely not new generally, obviously, because millions, millions and millions of Indians. Indians eat it for breakfast every every morning. So yes. Um, yes. Tell, tell us a little bit about that, though. So it is finely diced vegetables mixed into chickpea flour and then spiced with turmeric, chili pepper, and caraway. And so it makes this kind of like delicious, savory Mm. pancake that you can dip into ketchup. You can make a sandwich out of it. You can, I mean, I just kind of, I remember that episode sitting in my kitchen, just like eating them hot as they came off the the griddle because they were so good. And it was such a fun use. For the chickpea flour, too. Mm-hmm. That was just like a nice uh, new recipe to find in, in just in use. And the other, to finish that episode, we did quinoa pancakes. Oh, that was yeah, another was delicious. Yeah, it was another King Arthur flour recipe. And that one, they have cooked quinoa in your pancakes. So if you have some like, if you're batch cooking or you have quinoa leftover, that goes right into the pancake mix. And then also it had some malted milk powder. In there. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And we had some readers help us with that, which is just, um, I think it's it's next to the Ovaltine, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. you can find it there. And I will say, I have to correct us, Betsy, we've been doing this the whole episode, but it's no longer King Arthur flour. It's King Arthur baking. Oh, no. that's right. Rebrand. 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 So yeah. apologies to King Arthur. We've, we've just been using them for so long. I think it's hard for us to make this. I was the one who made the first mistake. So, yes. But, um, you can definitely find both of those. I So that's episode 102. I did just want to make a little plug for our biggest surprise pancake, I think, of all time, which was yes. the sheet pan pancake. Yeah. We we doubted the sheet pan pancake. We're like, how good th- can this be? And it sure was delicious. This is from episode 117. Um, it's basically you make a big pancake batter pour it into a greased sheet pan and then put toppings on it and then bake it yeah okay this is one of those uh, one of those recipes where you were like oh this is for the kids and then we all ended up really liking this sheet pan pancake which was so surprising because i thought it was just going to be kind of like you know right like oh well okay you know it was a pancake kate you know cool Yeah. yeah It was delicious. It was delicious. So definitely uh, check out that recipe for a fun like breakfast for dinner or even like a summer break 
special breakfast or something like that. That sheep ham pancake was really fun. And that was from the Food Network, too. It came with, like, videos and lots of suggestions for, you know. Yeah, that was a good one. Mm -hmm. Okay, coming up next week, Kate, what do we have? We have a really fun interview from our friend um, who usually does our cookbook reviews with us, Tara. Uh, And it's really awesome. I think you're going to learn a lot. All right. So that's what's for dinner this week. See you next time on the Dinner Sisters. We'll save a spot at the table for you. 